that's an interesting choice it is. I can tell you I wouldn't go that way if I was you. But I can tell you the way and a tailor too if you can help me out good shares. Clink clink as the saying goes. Well that spot has earned its name it has. Mischievous Grove. Because that's where lots of mischievousness happens. No one dies there, but no one much enjoys the trip. Last time I passed through, I heard lots of giggles and hurtful words towards about how ugly me hat is. I like my hat. Time before that, it took me four hours to cross the grove. It's only a mile long. I kept losing my way, you see. The path kept clearing, kept changing. Time before that, I fell asleep right here in the books. Woke up with my boots tied together and nearly broke my neck when I came around. It goes to what haunts that place. Don't seem to be killers as such, but they sure don't like it when us regular folk come through. Just you keep your head up and stay on the path and you'll be just right. Uh, oh, says, uh, do not follow the dancing lights. They will lead you astray. Roll our counter check. Hey there, creatures, and welcome to Encounter This, a podcast exploration of the creatures from Dungeons and & Dragons and the lore that surrounds them. Welcome, listeners of Encounter This, to our very first episode in probably the earliest pun we had come up with. I think actually oh, James yeah. had come up with. I forgot about that. Like, I forgot how early we came up with this. This is so long ago. The first episode of Faperal, uh, which we almost did last year, but it got delayed thanks to Heguary. <laughs> Heguary was so good, though. And what a big project that was. <laughs> Our first suite. Um, Faperal is going to be a little more chill, a little more relaxed, um, but uh, no less thematic, I would say. And the very first episode is, of course, Pixies, which uh, James Rivergleam Kid has so lovingly prepared. And I, of course, will co-host and help him out as Freeman the Wad Eisen. <laughs> the hell is that? <laughs> That's just wad. me getting you to insult yourself for making me do pixies, <laughs> is really what that is. Yeah. Uh, let's 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 get this right out of the way. James is, um, was not was not too pumped uh, in pre- preparing this one. <laughs> No, this is this is by far my least favorite creature that we've covered. Um, but I get it. Like the lore's there. It, it's it's fine. It's 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 the right creature for some people. But I don't I don't know why it's in the monster. Doesn't bingo. doesn't jive really with don't. you. Yeah. So well, right, I mean, yeah. Like, we'll, we'll we'll see when we get there. But it doesn't belong in the monster manual. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. So there you go, guys. This is going to be your most your the, your most okayest episode yet. Um, but to follow along, you can hit up the Monster Manual at page 253 for Pixies. Yeah, which is way uh, too early. They should be in the back with all like the half stat block creatures. Right. Yeah, like the appendix yeah. Uh, stuff. Yeah. That's where they belong. They don't, they okay. don't belong here. 
and you know we'll 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 talk about that. I'm sure you'll have some things to say because I I definitely have some opinions when we get there. But the lore is good. The lore is the lore's. I mean, the lore's fine. But um, <laughs> all right, just just hit me up. What do right, you got? Okay, so I want to start with a quote because <laughs> this just encapsulates what we're getting ourselves into. And I think right off the bat, it should tell you how how these are so not my thing. Okay. <laughs> all right. Pixies etch patterns of frost on winter ponds and rouse the buds in springtime. They cause the flowers to sparkle with summer dew and color the leaves with the blazing hues of autumn. <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like sounds to me like you painting a mini. That sounds up your alley. <laughs> Am I wrong? I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. <laughs> well, let's let's just move on. <laughs> So it pixies, is, it is pretty flowery. Yeah, it no, is, go ahead, it, go ahead. And that's that's it. That's the best way to describe it. Is they're very <laughs> very flowery. They're very. Um, I don't want to say Tolkienian because that's a little 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 too many shots fired at Tolkien. In yeah, one I'm, I'm already getting like a like a insufferable hippie vibe. You know. Oh, that's exactly it, man. Like it's, <laughs> but it, it's it's like the worst aspects of every subculture are kind of wrapped up in pixies, and mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's bad. Like they're little goth pixies, you know. It's it's fine. Um, so they're they're pixies. You know, they're small. They're in D anD D. They're less than one foot tall, and they're said to look like small elves. So I would imagine slightly elongated faces. Uh, pointy ears are pretty prevalent in all of the pictures, and that's because they have a same the same origin point, which is uh, Feywild in Five E and Fey and the other previous editions. I believe it was just called. They have an average lifespan of about 300 years, and they have fine, filmy wings reminiscent of butterflies or dragonflies. Uh, the word was gossamer that they used, but I had to actually look that up because I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, out. yeah, gossamer-like type wings, yeah. And the quote about their wings from the Monster Manual is, they are as clear as dawn and as luminous as the full moon rise. It's a completely superfluous sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Again, with the flowery descriptions. <laughs> exactly, that's exactly it. But it, it doesn't like add anything to it. I mean, at least right. for me. May, you know, reach out to us, listeners, if 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 it adds something. You know, if if knowing that a pixie's wings are somehow clear and luminous at the same time inspires <laughs> you in a way that I just I don't get because <laughs> I. Anyway, so when they fly, they leave behind a trail of dust like some moths. This dust is known as pixie dust. When they fly, they're known to shimmer like the tail of a comet. So they they create that, um, uh, I don't remember what it's called, but like that tail. Right, yeah. So a sprinkle of this shit is said to grant flight. That's That's the thing about pixie dust is it gives you flight. However, it is not a component of the spell flight in 5th edition. Okay. It's also known to confuse creatures or make them sleep. Guess what? It's also not a spell component of. <laughs> Confusion or sleep. Exactly. <laughs> do, do any of those have uh, material components that you know of? Yep. So, all of them. Yep. Yep. Flight is like a flight is a feather. Uh, sleep is a grain of sand, I believe. And I don't remember what confusion is. I mean, off the top of my head, sleep uh, is a relatively lower spell. And fly is not too high. They probably meant me trying to make the material component more readily available than pixie dust specifically be my yeah. guess well a component pouch covers everything under right yeah that's I, th- true. I think third level so it 
Yeah. Doesn't, you know, it's it's kind of moot, but still, like, thematically, it would have been nice. Yeah. Um, considering they've been around for five editions, it's not like this is a new creature they just threw in here with this <laughs> new power. Like, totally. all throughout culture, pixie dust is a thing. Uh, however, in second edition, there was a spell called pixie dust, which when tossed into the air, made all creatures in a 10-foot radius invisible, which I really, really love. There's a spell in 3rd edition, 3.5, in Pathfinder called Glitter Dust that does the exact opposite of this. So I love that this existed. Yeah, I mean, that's the equivalent of... Um, uh, Glitter Dust is the equivalent of 5e's uh, Fairy Fire, essentially. Yeah. It covers you in like a glowing light and prevents invisibility and grants advantage and that sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Very underrated spell. Very, very good. Yeah, I love, I love Glitter Dust. But for the pixie dust specifically, not the spell, the, the actual item, it said that only pixies can use it to its full potential, so I get why it, it's mm-hmm. not like a like a commonplace item. Sure. You're almost almost treading on unicorn horn territory, alicorn territory. Yeah, a little bit. You know. Um however but in a couple of minutes we'll we'll talk about why that's a little contradictory, because there is a pixie dust item in fifth edition that i discovered very very late into my research so it's a little in a a different place in the in the article but uh, you know what let's just go over it now okay it's from uh i can never remember the name of this book but i believe it's storm king's thunder Uh, that sounds right it's one of the uh, one of the uh, adventures right yeah one of the adventure paths yeah so it's just called pixie dust so the, the one thing that i like about this particular item is that one pinch of pixie dust can substitute for the material component of any enchantment spell third level or lower love that I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. That's so good. Yeah. A nice attention to detail. Big time. Yeah, absolutely. And the other component of this is that if sprinkled on a creature, you roll a D100 for a magical effect. Oh, okay. So 1 to 70, the creature gains a flight speed of 60 feet for 10 minutes. Love it. Amazing. 71 to 80, it's a DC constitution save or they fall unconscious for a minute. Okay. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. 81 to 90, it's a DC 11 wisdom save, or they're affected by the confusion spell. Love it. Just leaning mm-hmm. into this theme so hard. Yep. 91 to 100, the creature sprinkled with the dust is invisible for an hour. Not not under Ooh. the effects of the spell invisible, just straight up fucking invisible. Yeah. It does still end if they deal any damage or cast the spell, but still. Right. Okay pretty dope for an item like it's it's so hardcore thematic that i just had to include it. i'm super glad that i found this right. i found this like really yeah. really late in my uh in my research first thoughts it's, it's almost a shame that it has to be presented in a module like why isn't that on the page for the pixie itself that i mean it's great um and the other thing i mean you're i love that you pointed out that that's not the spell invisibility um and that because i mean if you want to get really nitty-gritty and like pedantic <laughs> about it you know if it doesn't specify it's that spell then you know things that might just dis- dispel that invisibility m- just might not work you know there's argument for that that's what i mean like dispel magic yeah. theoretically wouldn't work on th- well i guess it would because these are considered magical effects but that's really up to right. dm's discretion and right totally as we'll we'll touch on like that's pixie's shit is being invisible like that's their right. whole shtick that's literally all they do is be invisible so i don't think i would let dispel magic um affect this mm-hmm. there is a, a higher level spell and i can't remember the name of it right now that's um dispels magic over an area i think it's a seventh level spell or something like that that i would let affect this but you know dispel magic i probably wouldn't 
or for see sure. invisibility, I probably wouldn't give that an effect either. So no, eh? I mean, I think I feel like I definitely have to read those those uh, spell descriptions before I make my decision. Um, but I, I'm I'm definitely on the fence without having read them. You know, there there again, I think there's there there are grounds to argue against it. Um, I mean, you are right, though. It does say magical effects specifically on that table. Yeah. So, you know, you really have to consider that. But that's food for thought, anyway. Yeah. But I, again, when we get into Pixies, like, you'll see that invisibility is, like, their only thing. Also, there's only a 10% chance that this is going to happen. So I, why right. why would I try and take away that 10% chance? Yeah, like, let them have it. <laughs> that's exactly it. Like, <laughs> yeah. like let's, let's just fun. give it to them. Rule of cool. <laughs> and the exact opposite of that. Is that Fae tend to dress like royalty. Gowns, oh. crowns, and silks. Okay. However, there are sects of pixies that wear only natural clothes. Petals, leaves, acorns, barks, etc. They take great pride in their clothing, which is not something that I've found to be consistent throughout the Fae, so this is just straight up a pixie thing. Mm-hmm. And they love to be complimented on their ensemble. Okay. So we're going we're gonna to reach into the Monster Manual for another quote. This one is from a pixie fashionista known as River Gleam, and that is specifically <laughs> how they're credited in the 5th edition Monster Manual, is a pixie fashionista. <laughs> Petal gowns and acorn caps are so last summer. <laughs> like, not only did somebody write that, somebody edited it, and nobody was like, dude, this, this is what we want to go with? We, 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 we need to put this in the book? <laughs> could, could we make it maybe more interesting? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm getting, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing down what you're picking up now on the, these things were just, you know, put in there because they had to be. You know, yeah, I, someone someone decided, well, Pixie's got to be there. You know, they're a classic, so put them in. And that's exactly what I think they're a victim of. Just didn't take them seriously in any way when they could have. I mean, so far, so far that I'm 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 getting that vibe like you've described. So yeah, there there are some places that take Pixies very seriously, and we'll get into those when we when we get into pop culture. But these, um, I don't know. I think so far, like. I, I get it. They really heavily leaned into it, but it, it's kind of a whiff for me. Um, and mm. that's, you know, it's just not my thing. Like, I like fucking hellhounds and skeleton hordes and, and, and that shit. Like, <laughs> You're the undead man, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's my jam. Um, so, like, this is the exact opposite of that. <laughs> but they are, they're very social creatures, which, you know, again, is, is a point against them in my book. Uh, they're excitable, curious, and shy, because they are specifically hunted for their pixie dust. And at least now we have an idea why. Because I, I read that and I went looking very, very hard as to why mechanically they would be hunted for their dust. But this this appears to be the reason why, is the uh, pixie dust item that was in the uh, Storm King's right. Thunder. Okay, yeah. They do like to travel and spy on other creatures because they really want to make friends, but they're super scared of being captured. Again, because of the pixie dust thing. I, I guess yeah. you can't just milk a pixie. I guess you've got to kill it and flap its wings till all the dust falls off. Right. Um, or you keep it in a jar like uh, like Link. So for those who uh, enter like a pixie's domain, you're probably never going to see one because their shit is invisibility, but you'll hear them giggling or laughing at you or trying to lead you astray. 
they they have a really intense power of invisibility and they'll rarely appear to strangers right so sometimes they'll play practical jokes on you like the kind of shit you'd see in a bad 70s sitcom tying shoelaces together creating mirages leading people astray like they're one step removed from shaving cream in a feather (laughs) yeah (laughs) though sometimes they will offer to guide you if you seem like you won't take the hostility for their dumb jokes because these are dumb jokes Yeah, just just little little pranksters, I guess, eh? That's it. Playing dress up, causing the flowers to sparkle with summer dew. Yeah. <laughs> and here's here's the thing for me that really really just nailed the coffin home is that they just absolutely abhor violence and will always run rather than fight. Okay. Because their sprite cousins are the ones who take to arms. However, in previous editions, Pixies specifically have taken up arms. Like, if you look at that 1E art, he's literally wielding a a sword. Yeah, yeah. At someone's ankle. (laughs) The 2E art is probably the creepiest art we've ever looked at. It's It looks like the Green Goblin from the 80s Spider-Man comics peeking out behind two mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. (laughs) It really does. (laughs) I legitimately do not understand what's happening in the three art or which one is the pixie, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah, that one is a bit crazy. Um, the pixie, I think, is clearly the one on the right. The one that's with the like bow and holding the, the bag. Yeah, the bow and the quiver. Right. And that's probably a dryad behind. Or a dry- yeah, the large one is either a dryad or, or it's possibly a, not a, maybe a sylph. Um, okay. But my guess will be an elemental if a of some kind if that's a, a bit of a thing i forget what the um water equivalent would be because they're clearly like in a marsh with the uh cattails and such right right or maybe they're both pixies in the next one there's a there's a dude flying around with cricket legs playing a i guess a fiddle <laughs> yep some some sort of bow and string instrument uh yeah he's he's straight up half grasshopper with dragonfly wings yeah um but the you know the other two are very much more humanoid. Yeah. Yeah. And then the 5e art is actually relatively iconic, I think. I think the 5e art is a pretty solid representation. Yeah, honestly, the 5e art just reminds me more of, like, you know, what we would have grown up with in imagery of, like, a fairy or a pixie. You know, something that Disney or Hollywood would have conjured up um, in, like, you know, a, a film that's, like, meant for children but good for adults at the same time, you know. Very Tinkerbell-esque kind of look. Very much so. We do have a couple of honorable mentions from the D&D lore. The first is Inkwing from the Curse of Strahd. They are a denizen of Thornbud and the village's spokesperson. So I'm assuming Thornbud is a pixie village in Barovia. Their article was wicked sparse. Sure. I'm sure you'd have to read the adventure a little bit more, but we're going to avoid those spoilers, I'm sure. Exactly. Uh, the next one is King Teramon, who is the king of the Panjusi Pixies from a book called The Horde. Okay. What's the, what's the Horde? I do not know. Okay. I kind of just got really into this lore. So uh, Panjuice is a fortress made of living giant trees, like three of them that have kind of gnarled together. Oh, cool. And it's said to have been a myth, but probably located in the Karatur continent, which is east of Faerun, which we don't have anything from 5e yet. But it's said that when Teramon died, the fortress died with him because his life force was tied to these three living trees and they eventually just withered and died. Right. Cool. Oh, I mean, that's, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah. 
Yeah, finally getting a little dark. Terramon, king of the pixies, and the trees go with him. Selfish bastard. <laughs> <laughs> What are the rest of the pixies going to do? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. We're going to do pop culture before we do cultural lore because I need I need a little bit of, of a break. Um, <laughs> okay. I really like pixies, uh, like all of these pop culture references. I really, I'm really digging them. Uh, the first one is the most obvious one to me, which is completely wrong, I'm sure. It's Butterfree and Venomoth, the Pokemon. <laughs> Known for their sleep powder, stun spore, and poison powder. I mean, they are straight up insects, uh, as yeah. opposed to actual. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, well, I love the reference. It, yeah, and it's the attack set that really did it for me. So, like, because they're well known for their sleep powder and their poison powder, like that's right. That's yeah. essentially pixie dust. So the next one is uh, not related to actual pixies at all, but it, her name is Pamela Coleman Smith, but she went by Pixie Smith. <laughs> She's the illustrator of the Rider Waite Smith tarot deck. So any think of a tarot deck, and she's the woman who drew those images. Oh, okay, like the classic one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. She's, and I, I just thought that was awesome as hell. Uh, she did a whole <laughs> bunch. She illustrated a whole bunch more uh, books, but I, I really wanted to give her a shout out because I love that sure. artwork and that classic yeah. style of artwork. And without that, we wouldn't have things like the deck of many things. Right. Yeah. Which the illustrations of the deck of many things are based off the uh, Wake Smith tarot deck illustrations. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's get one thing clear, though. Either of those de- decks really only belong in fantasy and fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no matter where we, we have to thank her and that for, for what we have now, <laughs> neither belong in real life. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just throwing that out. Yeah, <laughs> I agree with you. She was a spiritualist. I wasn't going to touch on that because I wanted to lift her up for illustration career and not, not knock her down for being a... A spiritualist, because then we got our shit on, you know. Apparently, pixies appeared in Harry Potter. They were electric blue and could fly, which, you know. Yeah. Already most, better than pixies in 5e. Yeah, most most European folklore culture things appear in Harry Potter at some point or, or another. Usually in yeah. some uh, not, non, uh, what's the word we're looking for? Uh, not, usually in a, in a form that's not true to the original. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't look too far into it. But I just like the fact that they were electric blue. It kind of looked like an elongated stitch. Like if you like if you in, improperly rendered an image from that Disney movie, that's kind of what they look like. Right, yeah, sure. There's a pixie haircut. <laughs> I'm not qualified to speak on that. <laughs> wow, you really you really got bored with this one, didn't you? <laughs> I did, yeah. There's the Pixies, the famous alternative yep, rock band. Of course, which- of course. Can't be discounted. There's a there's a specific family of butterflies that are known as pixies, which they they look pretty cool. Oh, um, cool! The Milanus right. family. Uh, I just thought this was dope. There's a there's a specific type of up, upper atmospheric lightning that is not related to traditional lightning, and if it is less than 100 meters across, it is known as pixie lightning. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Is your nature fact of the day? Two nature facts back to back. There is Tinkerbell from Peter Pan. She's a she's a pixie. She's Classic. got that, uh, that that comet tail. Yep. There are pixie sticks, which is uh, colored sugar <laughs> sealed in a straw, which is supposed to represent pixie dust. <laughs> I remember being like a middle school people used to snort it. <laughs> well, that brings us to our next one, which is pixie dust, aka fairy dust, aka angel dust, aka PCP. PCP. <laughs> oh my god. So 
apparently Pixie Dust is the is actually a street name of PCP, which I thought was great. Love it. Uh, I, mean, I, I mean, love every bit of that. No surprise. No surprise there. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. With uh, I mean, I know we usually wait, but with that list, is it too early to crack a beer? No, <laughs> <laughs> go right ahead, man. I've been drinking this whole time. Uh, me too. I just ran out, and I'm like, now, like, I was sitting there waiting, and I was like, oh, we got a little more to go through. Uh, I don't think I can wait any longer. This is ridiculous. <laughs> so I got to have my fun somehow, and this is this is how I had it. So that was that was really good. <laughs> Quite a lot of stretches in there, but I think all of them are pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, they all have Pixie in the title. That's good enough for me. <laughs> That's kind of what I went with. The only uh, thing I have to add to that list, and it's um, it's not quite a Pixie, but it is, a, I guess, a fairy, which is a, a sort of loose theme that we'll be covering this uh, month. Yeah. Um, without actually, because there's no fairies, like, stat block-wise and lore-wise in... Um, in uh, in D and D and five E, as far as we know, right? Like that's just more or less just what Fey are, right? Yeah. So if I'm not mistaken, fairy is the collective noun for a group of Fey, right? And um, one of my uh, favorite fairy moments in pop culture is from the film The Labyrinth. <laughs> have you ever, have you watched that with David Bowie? And uh... it has been many many decades since I watched. Oh yeah, it. yeah. <laughs> I, re- my- I remember really enjoying it. I'm a big Jennifer Connelly fan, a big David Bowie fan. Yeah, it's 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 a great film, and it it really stands up, uh, especially in that in that sort of nostalgic um, Jim Henson kind of vibe, right? But like at the very beginning of the film, and when they're on the outside of the labyrinth, Jennifer Connelly's character Sarah, she's just like walks up and sees these fairies flying around, and she's like, "Oh, they're so good!" And Hoggle, the little, <laughs> little like troll dwarf dude, he's like running around with like that old school uh, pump action like spray gun, and just like just killing them with this like toxin because <laughs> he hates them. And she like holds on to one. She's like, why are you doing that? And then it just like bites her and they're like vicious little bastards. <laughs> like they're just these pretty little things flying around. And he's like, no, no, no. Kill these little, these little things. <laughs> they're just mean and nasty. I just love it. It's one of oh, my favorite awesome. scenes. I wonder if that's where Mike Magnolia got it from because the tooth fairies in Hellboy are really, really mean and chewy and they're called tooth fairies because they'll eat every bit of you. Right, yeah, I forgot about that. That's a really good reference. Yeah, yeah, they were cool. I wish Hellboy did more because <laughs> the second one, the second film was so good. I just sent you a picture of of the the fairy from the labyrinth. It's like straight oh, up live okay. action. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I assume this brings us to the real world. Yeah, we are going to talk about pixies, pixies, aka pixie, aka pisky, aka pisky, aka pigsy. <laughs> These are all known spellings of Pixie, and they're fantastic. They will all be posted on our social media. Don't you worry. Can't wait. <laughs> all super literal. So as I normally try to do, I really try to track down the etymology of this word. And there isn't yeah. a good source of it because mm-hmm. Pixies predate Christian mythology in England. And the, these, the mythology of Pixies specifically comes from uh, Devon and Cornwall is mainly mm-hmm. those two areas. So there, there's a theory that it's um, derived from a Swedish word which has the same root as psyche, and it's it's kind of spelt psyche. I don't want to try and pronounce it. Sure, yeah. Pr- pronounce it? <laughs> pronounce it in Swedish, um, which loosely translates to little people. Um, problem with that history is 
that there's no evidence of Nordic um, trade or uh, what what do you call it when you contact a civilization? Um, contact. <laughs> yeah, there's no evidence of Nordic contact. <laughs> Any reaching, anywhere reaching out, yeah, and <laughs> anywhere missionary near. work, <laughs> yeah. uh, a- anywhere near this time frame. So, right, it's kind of a dead end there, and there's really no written records because Christianity rolled in really soon after, mm-hmm. and they tend to, uh, they used to tend to destroy anything else. I guess is the best way to put that. So the the word is probably of Celtic origin. Okay. They're benign, mischievous, and childlike, which is pretty similar to not only the pop culture references that we've seen in like the labyrinth, but also the D&D lore. They're very mm-hmm. fond of dancing, wrestling, and just all-around celebrations. I'm pretty sure they originated the dance party. Listeners, if you hear a little sound of metal clicking in the background... That's that's my guinea pigs uh, trying to get water out of their tube. I assure you, they have water, but he's just going for it today. He so just, he had a he had a he had a big night, a little little hungover, <laughs> dehydrated, just making a day out of it over there. Apparently, <laughs> so pixies from this English culture are often depicted with pointy hats and ears and green outfits, though older tales will sometimes describe them as wearing rags, which they will happily discard for fresh clothing. Okay. And strangely enough, right up until the 19th century, they were taken pretty seriously in Cornwall and Devon. So that's, you know, 200 years ago. In Cornwall, there's a place called Travos Head, where 600 pixies were said to have gathered and danced there in a circle until one of them, Omphra, lost his laugh. After searching the barrows of the ancient kings of Cornwall, Omphra waded through the Bodmin Moor until his laugh was restored by motherfucking King Arthur in the form of a chuff. And a chuff oh is some God. sort of crow. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing! So, Omfra, the pixie, danced so hard he couldn't laugh anymore, and then traveled, waded, sorry, through a moor until he found King Arthur <laughs> as a crow, who, as a as a crow, who restored his laugh. Oh my God, <laughs> that's that's like that's right up there with the recipes that I find. <laughs> Yeah. That's, that's absurd, but it's so good. <laughs> this is oh, like man. it's this this whole myth is like a bad montage. Is really how I see it. Just yeah, bad eighties music playing as he's traveling through like like the the coffins of the ancient kings of Cornwall, and then goes for a swim, and then meets a crow, who gives him his laugh back. <laughs> I want like eighties synth wave to like for full contrast. A hundred percent, yeah. <laughs> just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't fit at all but somehow makes it perfect <laughs> that's so good yeah i mean it's i don't get it i didn't i honestly didn't realize the king arthur myth was that old i guess oh man yeah it's pretty old and it's just like got so many weird gnarly trails that it goes down yeah so in dartmoor conversely they dress themselves as a bundle of rags to try and lure children to play with them. I don't know what kind of children play with rags, 
like discarded piles of rags, but the past was a crazy place, so I guess you had to make your own fun. I mean, toys took a lot more effort to create, you know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. pile of rags, why not? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. And the the Dartmoor pixies are said to love to ride and dance on Dartmoor colts, which is a specific type of, like, workhorse pony. Okay. Uh, they're really neat looking, and apparently Dartmoor is wicked famous for them. All right. They're just, I guess, touting their main export in this mythology, which is pretty great. Uh, and sometimes they'll help widows with their housework. Here's here's the fun part, is that a, if you're lost in Dartmoor, you can be called pixie-led, which is a essentially a condition where pixies, invisible pixies lead you astray. And it is remedied if you turn your coat inside out. Okay. I don't know why, but I love that. I think it's just great little, like, I love the idea of somebody just like, hmm, I think I was supposed to take a left back there. Let me just turn my petticoat inside out and go back. For sure, yeah. And then there's some loose ties to the monarchy here. Um, I didn't pull on this string too hard because these two characters are more reminiscent of Will-O-Wisps than they actually are Pixies. However, they're known as the Monarchs of the Pixies. The first is the queen, Joan the Wad. Oh, the Wad. That's where I come in. <laughs> yeah. So a Wad is actually just a torch, and she represents fire okay. and water elements and is known for good luck and uh, helping travelers find their destination and is sometimes put on door knockers or above doorways as a protective spirit. Mm-hmm. Her counterpart is the king of the pixies, Jack the Lantern. Oh. And we'll talk about him more in the Will-O-Wisp episode. And it is Jack O'Lantern. Oh, sick. (laughs) Okay, nice, nice little, nice little connection there. I like that. As soon as I read that, I'm like, why the fuck am I not doing (laughs) Will-O-Wisps? Just reading the two paragraphs about the two kings of the Queen of the Pixies, I'm like, they're Will-O-Wisps and they're so much better. (laughs) Well, I mean, um, do you know what the creature type for a Will-O-Wisp is off the top of your head? I'm almost positive they're undead. They are. You're correct. Because I like them. That's that's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they're um, you know they're they're pretty similar to their D and D counterparts. They're little just for laughs gags on on legs. They're um, <laughs> not funny, horrible, and frankly, you should just change the channel whenever they come on. Hey, once in a while, you're like, you know what? That's pretty clever. Once in a blue moon, you're like, hmm, that, whoever came up with that one deserves deserves a race. <laughs> I, I'll say that about pixies before I say that about just for laughs gags. <laughs> Oh, you haven't watched it. Oh, it's still going. You need to you need to go catch some highlights. <laughs> I'm fairly confident that I don't. Uh, the point is, is they play bad jokes. They try and trick you. And if you don't hit them, they'll be your friend. Like if you can just make like put up with their practical jokes long enough, they'll be they'll be your friend. So, so what you're saying is that if if you played yourself. And any character you you can ever come up with, it's impossible not to hit them. Is what you you're might saying. as well just call me Hoggle. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> oh, I fucking love it. <laughs> I could just feel the seething hatred <laughs> coming through the microphone and the internet. <laughs> we talked about it up top, mm-hmm. but let's let's touch on it here a little bit because yes, I don't like these creatures. I don't. I, I understand their place in the D&D mythology, and I, I kind of vaguely understand their place in the, the real-world mythology. And had I intermingled them a little bit further with fairies, I'm sure I would have understood it better. Mm-hmm. 
I, as soon as I read the stat block, I knew I didn't like these creatures, and I took that as a specific challenge to find a bunch of stuff that I liked, which is why I had so much fun with the um, the pop culture references. Sure, I, yeah. I needed, I, I needed, you know, I needed something for me. Um, we're we're gonna hit the ad break in a second here. I'm gonna crack a beer, and we're gonna talk pretty quickly about the the stat block, the mechanics. But I put so much more effort into the homebrew of this than I have in a long time. Oh, yeah. I okay. truly, truly felt like these creatures need to be not corrected, but pivoted. Because I do not believe in my heart and soul that there are places in the monster manual. And we'll, we'll touch on yeah, that in homebrew. Okay. But sure. I just want to make it like, clear. I don't, is, yeah. I don't hate these creatures. I just hate their current location in the D&D. Um, and the, the current love or lack thereof that they've been given. And then, but, then, but then also placed in as a mainstay creature. That's you know, it, yeah. As a stock creature. Like, you know, those two in tandem is a, is a no bueno for you. Yeah, I, I very much disagree with their place in the, in the D&D um, a, I mean, currently. it's such a such a bold statement. Eh? I mean, we we've we've shit on a few creatures. <laughs> let's be honest, but to oh, say yeah. you know yeah, that yeah. one does not deserve its own page is like that's pretty big. <laughs> oh, and again, we'll get into why in the homebrew and, I, and how I believe it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. and full disclosure, I do not touch the stat block in homebrew. I leave okay. the stat block as it sure. is. Cool. But I, I tweak it and I fix it. I believe I fix it thematically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sweet. That's a lot of preamble ramble for, <laughs> oh, God, one of these, and I need it so bad. <laughs> oh, get it in ya. Oh, yeah. Let us do it. All right. Let's just let's get this over with because it's, it's, it's nothing. It's legitimately okay. nothing. Just run me through it. No yeah. questions asked. Bang, bang, bang. Bullet point. What do you get? <laughs> one quarter CR. One HP. One D4 minus one. <laughs> so potential zero HP? <laughs> potential zero HP. <laughs> okay. AC 15. Mm-hmm. Tiny Fey neutral good. The only language they speak is Sylvan. They have a Ooh, 10 foot land speed and a 30 foot fly speed. They have a strength of two for a modifier of minus four. A dex of 20. For a modifier of plus five. Damn. Okay. Yep. Yep. Con minus one modifier. Int zero. Wisdom two. Charisma two. Obviously, I disagree with that charisma modifier, but that's fine. I mean, you're no fashionista. <laughs> you know what? You you sold me. You sold me on the fifteen charisma right there. Just. I, I sound sarcastic, but that's because I cannot muster up enough energy to put the emphasis in it. But I, I'm I'm being completely serious. You just sold me on it. You know, there is a weird part of charisma. I always find charisma a difficult one to wrap my head around uh, in certain aspects of these games. And it's because I always wrestle with this idea that um, it, it is a extremely superficial stat in that like hey they're conventionally handsome therefore they have charisma <laughs> you know and it's just right like, and it's just like ah. you know when someone has a scar you know they immediately take a, a hit to their charisma or something like that like it just yeah. seems a bit wishy-washy and very shallow <laughs> when i think charisma i think like we just watched the other day so it's fresh in my mind but i think like um What's his name? Carrie Carrie Elway from The Princess Bride. Oh, um, Carrie Elwes, yeah. Carrie uh, Elwes, yeah. yeah. So I think of him when I think of charisma, like it, it, in specifically in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Like that's what yeah. I think of when I think of charisma. Like I get that he's <laughs> kind of traditionally handsome for like the seventies and eighties, but sure, man, is he charismatic? 
he's yeah, he's got a presence to him. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, there is that. So they got a couple abilities. The first is magic resistance, which is advantage on saves versus spells and other magical effects. Huge. Yeah, a little too big for a CR one quarter, but I'll you know whatever. Yeah. Uh, they have innate spell casting, uh, DC twelve. They can cast druidcraft at will. Once per day, confusion, dancing lights, detect good and evil, detect thoughts, dispel magic, entangle, fly, phantasmal force, polymorph, and sleep. So all relatively thematic. I mean, they're all clearly built on playing pranks. Yeah. The the dispel magic one kind of bothers me, as does the fly one, because fly is, a, I believe, a third level spell. But mm-hmm. again, once per day, whatever. I'll, I'll right. let it slide. I mean, they're casting uh, fly on someone else, right? Yeah. Not on themselves. And yeah. it's definitely built into the the whole pixie dust thing right yeah. that's why probably why it's there that's exactly why it's there because pixies can use the pixie dust to its full potential right all right you ready for their attacks am i superior invisibility it turns as vid- invisible as long as it concentrates on it end of list <laughs> so so that's my problem with this stat block is there's no offensive abilities period none listed. none not not a single one that is so weird now that's a first on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it'll Whoa. probably be a last, to be honest with you. And that's why I truly do not believe that this creature has earned its place in the monster manual. I get that they're playing it kind of fast and loose with a monster. I mean, and they've been using monster or monstrous manual for years. And I'm fine with monstrous manual, but specifically a manual of monsters. <laughs> Something without an offensive... Or fear-inspiring ability just does not belong in the right. pages of that to me. You know what it spells to me? It's like, I mean, you have monstrosities as a character type, which is like what you would think would be a monster. But um, in a more general sense, you know, monster, you know, arguably, uh, not well-argued, but arguably could cover anything that's not like holy material plane naturally occurring. So anything but beasts essentially is what I'm and I'm getting at. Beasts and 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 humans or elves or dwarves. Humanoids specific. Humanoids. Yeah, you know, but even then, like you're you're construction because you have like I mean even elves have like fey relations and, and stuff like that. So Right, but they're naturally occurring in the material plane. Right. But like not necessarily originating from there, right? Not necessarily. I mean I don't I don't know for sure. I mean, we, you get into some serious minutia there. But yeah, yeah, big time. I, 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 but I think the point I'm trying to make is that uh, is there a stat block, a main stat block in the monster manual itself that is 100% just a beast? Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything. Sturge. That's it. Uh, <laughs> that's what we got. Dinosaurs are, are on that list. Oh, yeah, and dinosaurs, yeah. And like Sturge does have its, it doesn't have its own full page, though. It, uh, I'm, I pulled it up right now. It's right next to Incubus and Succubus. Right. And uh, it's like three short paragraphs and a tiny stat block, and that's it. I mean, arguably, that thing could be a, a fucking aberration or a monstrosity, even just by the look of it. It doesn't even make sense that it's a beast. <laughs> no, I, I agree. There's, I'm not yeah. arguing that it doesn't belong there, but I'm, yeah. just, I'm quickly, quickly going through the, the, yeah. the Don John monster yeah. list. That's <laughs> why so we got on a real tangent here about like the, the name of the monster manual. <laughs> It's fine. This is some good. This is some good uh, Patreon exclusive chat. Solid B roll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, too good. So, do you see why I don't believe they belong in the monster manual? Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Like, if I if I um, 
if I look at what little there is for the what appears to be five E lore and what you've written here, uh, and you know, and then some of it's very obviously taken from, say, the Forgotten Realms wiki from other editions and, and books and that sort of thing. Um, uh, very little, really, actually. A, a lot. Yeah. Most of that page is from five E because it's it's a page, but like mm-hmm. there's an entire subparagraph just talking about how they don't attack. There's an entire right. sub paragraph about how they just play pranks. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need more than a single bullet point to get that point across. They need two paragraphs. Yeah, this is not the first time we have come across a creature that is like clearly meant for 100% role play. They've got a stat block as a courtesy at best, in case you have a weird party that just wants to kill literally everything in sight. Right, but it's the first time we've encountered something without offense. Literally that's, no offense. That's what yeah. my what really my issue comes down to. If they gave it a bow or a dagger or a thimble or a thumbtack mm. or some shit like that, I'd be I'm I'm there. I'm fine with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that they've taken any offensive ability and just gotten rid of it, uh, assuming that you as a DM if you want to do it, know how to shrink down the damage on a, you know, a short bow or, or what have you like, that's, that's a little unfair to do that and then include it in a book of possible enemies. Right. And I mean, you had, uh, you had a note there was like, you know, they don't, they don't try to fight at all. They avoid it at all costs, but it doesn't mean they won't. Right. You said there was, there was some evidence of, of them fighting to some degree, at the very in least. Previous in previous editions, the, yeah. Yeah. But not, not in 5e. The last... They've just been... It's been removed from them. <laughs> yeah, make verbatim, the last paragraph in the Monster Manual is they are opposed to violence. Unlike their fae cousins, the sprites, pixies abhor weapons and would sooner flee than get into a physical altercation with an enemy. That's the end of the description. Like, And... It, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't account for the possibility of being cornered, essentially. I mean, they would, theoretically, they'd just go invisible and fuck off. Yeah, exactly. How possible is it to corner a pixie? Maybe impossible. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I see. I, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, I'm not saying they don't have a place in d and I'm saying they do not deserve a whole entry in the monster manual. And again, that's, that's opinion and speculation. If they were the only, they are apparently the only creature that's has this glaring difference, and I think that is a problem. I don't think it it makes them unworthy of a, a page, but perhaps there should be more creatures uh, leaning into um, a nonviolent uh, perspective and play, and you know, world building maybe. But I, I'm kind of just spitballing here. It's not really necessarily yeah. how I feel. I, I get your point, and I mean, I'm I'm being aggressive and and unfair about it, and I get that, mm-hmm. and that's the stance I've decided to take. I understand why they're here. I I I, I do. Um, yeah. But I feel like they could have just thrown us a bone and given us, you know, a short bow that does one damage or you know, one force damage or some shit like that. Like leaned into that fan ancestry and given us just an attack. But what they've done here is they've, they've taken one creature, which is a fairy and split it into two creatures, the Pixies and the Sprites. And they're, I'm assuming, we'll find out, spoilers next episode, that <laughs> they're two sides of the same coin, and that Sprites are, oh, like, man. aggressive as fuck. Yeah, I, I mean, spoiler alert, I'm covering Sprites next, uh, <laughs> and I think you're going to like Sprites. I think so, too, yeah. I don't want to say anymore, yeah. 
But as, as I said, I put a lot of work into this um, mm-hmm. uh, of how I believe uh, to fix it. But before sure. we get into that, I, I've got to ask the obligatory question. Have you ever used them? I know the answer is no. The answer is no, yeah. I didn't plan to until I put this work in. <laughs> See, that's always a good result. Huh? <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm, I am really happy with this creature thematically. So your best option if you want to use pixies in your campaign is a two-step process. Step one throw out the pixie stat block <laughs> step Gone. two buy the monsters of phelan by kwood publishing we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna put a link in the description because yes. that the way they treat fairies is so much better than the way D treats pixies their seasonal fairies are so good big shout out to andrew and one of these days we're gonna get him on the show oh cool yeah i mean the i mean they feel like the last time we like properly uh talked about that book was with unicorns because he had the cool variations of unicorns yeah but i I have i don't think i feel like i haven't looked at that book since i don't know if we've covered a fake creature since i don't think so but it's it's really good and just use the seasonal fairy stat block because they're much better they're they have attacks they have um, effects they have local effects which are more reminiscent of pixies and culture period they have uh just really really good lore and stat blocks around them and there's one for each season so they're they're great cool I like that that whole, that seasonal thing. It's an Eladrin, you know, elf kind of kind of vibe right at the gate, and yeah. uh, which fits Fey really nicely. I like that. If you don't want to do that and you just want to homebrew these creatures, I've got a few options here for you. The first is you can use them as spies, like malicious, indignant, little vengeful creatures. They do not have to be these jovial little happy-go-lucky things. They can be like perfect infiltrators. Mm-hmm. Specifically, I would use them for the Sealy Court, which brings me to what I want out of D&D or any role-playing adventure at all. I want a Fae Court adventure. I want something where right. you go to the Fae Wild, where you encounter the Sealy Courts, which are the, the, the two sides of the Fae, the Summer Court and the Winter Court. Um, Andrew did a great job at flushing those courts out, but we still don't have a Queen Titania. We don't, we don't have a Queen Mab, uh, at least in 5th edition. And that's what I want, is I really, really want this summer, this winter court duality and this this a, a big politically focused adventure where you're being pitted against each other by these courts. Because one of the mm-hmm. things about the Fae in, in lore is that if you accept any gifts, you owe them a favor. If you, right, you know, like there, there's so much good, solid lore there. That all verbal contract that's like very binding <laughs> that are that are literally physically binding yeah yeah so i i want that political drama i want to play that D or pathfinder mm-hmm. or whatever adventure that that's what i want so i i, I love that idea and i love that mm-hmm. that is a very high concept adventure that i just don't have the patience to write or run um right I also don't think it would be the kind of adventure my players want but i want it i love political intrigue yeah a couple other quick options are if, uh, you know, maybe the pixies along with the locale get contaminated when a hag moves in. And then mm. they're kind of mind controlled as the hag uses like a hag eye or they give the players a condition I like to call pixie lead. That can only be removed with an arcana check to realize they've got to turn their coats inside out in order to find the right way to the hag lair. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. 
I mean, that, I mean, that's a straight homebrew. I don't think that's something that would that wizards would ever incorporate. Um, no, it's no, so I don't specific. Think so yeah, yeah. Uh, they have to go with more universal like mechanics and and themes. I think, but um, but yeah, I really like that. That's really fun. Yeah, but you know, if you know, a niece hag moves in and your forest goes to shit, you've got these little pixies, you know, playing tricks on the on the the. the the travelers and you know maybe you throw up dancing lights and you try and lead them into like a pit trap with an ooze in it or some shit like like mm. these things could be tainted in mr misdirection because they're so heavily tied to their location that if a hag taints a location why can't the hag taint the fae right uh, yeah i mean I, I love the idea of i always love the idea of something being corrupted it's like, um, and uh, it's, um, I mean, it, it, sometimes it's it's delicate territory, you know, thematically and maybe for, you know, comfort levels of players to have things that, um, to be corrupted and, and changed from, you know, what they are to something else through, you know, and I mean, typically you're looking at through very evil intents and sources. I don't know how deep you have to go with it with contamination specifically, though. Sure. Like I would play them like Venom in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon. <laughs> we could be looking at something like when we talked about the, the, the catoplopus where, you know, just being in the present and you know, just being in the presence of that marsh, you know, to a, within a certain, you know, number of miles or feet or what have you uh, caused, you know, uh, just the, even the flora to transform and turn to poison when they would normally be like, you know, medicinal or something like that. Um, so it doesn't have to be within this crazy intention or evil, evil uh, forcefulness, but rather just a, a result of, you know, uh, something else that's corruptive or what have you. Right. But I mean, a hag direction is such a great idea for that. I, I really fell in love with that because of their connection to the Fae and like mm. how they could just just reach into the souls of these little bastards and, and yeah. use them to their own ends like little yeah. puppets. For sure, yeah. I mean, that's not a not a line that 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 when crossed that that gets to me, you know, at all. So I love it. It's very macabre. It's very dark, um, you know. But it is worth it is worth mentioning that, that it could be for some. For sure, yeah, yeah. And then we get to my idea where I think their true place in the five E canon should be, and that's as a druidic familiar. Okay, yeah. I truly believe that's where these creatures should be hmm. living. Is in that is in specifically a druidic or nature cleric familiar domain. Right. I don't I won't pretend to know much about familiars especially in 5E. I know that they uh, I think they tend to be summoned so they are sort of pulled from another plane. Pixies um, are one of the creatures you can get with summon uh, Are they? Uh so with one of the summon spells I can't remember which one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Are they? Okay. Sweet. Okay. Well that that line's straight up. Yeah. Um yeah, then I'm all for it. I think that's really cool. The, I, I'm spitballing a bit here because I've done a, a bit of research, quite a bit of research recently on um, this in Pathfinder 2nd Edition, but I'm quite rusty on it for 5e. But um, when you're talking about a familiar versus an animal companion and also possibly adding in the mount, um, they have different sort of uh, functions and uh uh, re uh relate relatability <laughs> um not a word <laughs> but like a familiar um i think um i could if i'm if i were to guess I, uh they're either summoned and in servitude or they 
uh, have uh, they they bond to you uh, in a mutually beneficial relationship. So they are a willing participant. Um, and it is a magical bond. Whereas you have an animal companion is something that is, it could be magically bonded to you, but it is, for all intents and purposes, your servant. Um, and it, you train it and it relies on your, um, elevated intelligence while you rely on its, you know, instincts and abilities. Um, and then amount is like, you know, closer to animal companion, but potentially, but very, very potentially also uh, farther into the familiar ter- territory where you have a, an intelligent mount that has a mutually beneficial relationship with you, such as riding a dragon into battle, so on and so okay. forth. I see what you're saying there. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. I, I use the term druidic familiar, which is an, a non-existent term in 5th edition. It, <laughs> right. it is a druidic animal companion. Mm-hmm. Um I still think it could be a wizard familiar or a druidic animal companion. I like the idea of the druid turning into like an eagle and then its animal companion pixie riding it with like a little saddle and stuff. That, that totally. makes me real happy. <laughs> I'm all uh, about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I, th- I think the argument could be made for it. It, I would have to look at the druid rules again because it's been a long time, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. I, I yeah. still don't truly believe that it, it deserves its own stat block, which is really what I was getting at with this point, yeah, is that it, it, it totally. should be a, a mitigated stat block. I mean, yeah, you've, you've managed to squeeze it into, uh, uh, you know, it should be in an appendix creature and, you know, and the fact that it, you know, it fits as a familiar almost emphasizes that. I know not that all uh, familiars have to be appendix creatures, but, you know, it kind of really, you know, supports it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think when we do pseudo dragon, we should uh, we we should we should talk about it again because pseudo dragon is also a full page, and I'd be really interested right. to see how they compare stack to stack. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have one more idea here for okay, sure. how you can yeah. use pixies in your game without actually using them as creatures. Cool. Um, you could use them as a guardian or an exposition dump or an alarm. So these creatures could guard something essentially or mm-hmm. be the gatekeepers of something i because of their playful nature like the idea of them being like like budget sphinxes right so you okay. know it's it's like protecting a specific area in the forest and the players encounter it and it's like oh i'll tell you some shit but you gotta solve my stupid stupid riddle <laughs> Like and you gotta do it while I'm tying your shoelaces. Yeah, like when is a door not a door? Like dumb fucking riddles like that. Right. Yeah. The answer is when it's a jar. Um, <laughs> but you know, like that. You know, maybe that's how you learn. There's a banshee in the area, or there's a screaming woman in the area, or something like that. I, I like right. that idea of, of them like playing with the PCs and to For that sure. degree, not like. I mean, they're they're just this 100 a supporting cast or or a vehicle to to something greater um and yep. they can't be otherwise i mean they've literally been written that they cannot be otherwise. <laughs> like, yeah i mean it's 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 arguably unfair to say they can't be i'm sure someone out there has some way to do it even if we disagree yeah <laughs> you know for them it would work. <laughs> there you go <laughs> no totally uh yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, I like that. You know, kind of, kind of fitting them in uh, into uh, a role that that works with another creature. There's lots of creatures that that share, you know, sort of thematic roles. You know, so why not plug this one into one of those? Yeah, or you know, you've got like a like a swarm of pixies. I I want to see that fucking stat block. Yeah, <laughs> a swarm. That would be really. That's a really interesting idea. Yeah. Well, so. Uh 
one of the one of the series of books that I've read that I've touched on before is called the Dresden Files, and they have a fairy character called Toot Toot that Harry has to summon, who he dresses up in like shitty little armor, who leads his personal like guard of fake creatures. And one of the things that he does with them is he turns them into essentially, you know, he gives them like thumbtacks and stuff like that, and turns them into a swarm of stinging fairies, essentially. Right. So they have these little tiny fairy swords, and they just turn into like really shitty wasps <laughs> that's so good you can even have like a whole like an extraordinarily large amount of them but they're all invisible and they just like pin you down like gulliver's travel so you think you're paralyzed you know right but you don't know you're actually just like there's actually just hundreds of these things like holding you in place <laughs> yeah, like a sentient swarm of bees from a bugs bunny com- cartoon <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I love it. Uh, what about you? You got any uh, any ideas how to make these usable? I don't. Um, mostly, mostly I've been sitting on biting my tongue on sprites. Um, yeah. okay. There are more um, reflections in this whole thing that you've prepared than you think. And I hope I can remember each one as I get to them. But uh, oh, I truly believe sprites are going to be the two-faced to Yeah, I, they're not they're not some polar opposite. I'm just going to dispel that right now. They're oh, not. Okay. They are the far more interesting counterpart. <laughs> and uh they and they're not like massively deeper or anything either. They are pretty simple creatures. They're a one-pager, you know, okay. but um but they have a little more oomph to them, a little more uh fascination, I think. Okay, with that, we're going we're gonna to pull the shoot on this episode and get out of here so Freeman doesn't spoil our next episode, Sprites, which will drop uh, in about a fortnight. So if you No, it's going to be... No, this, it's, a week, it's a week after this one. Oh, my God. It'll drop in seven days, <laughs> listeners. You're into another suite. It's, it's only fable. been three months. <laughs> but if you've got any stories on how to make a pixie usable or why I'm wrong, I would love to be proven wrong because I... I I want these to be viable creatures, and I just, as as it is, I don't see it. So if you want to prove me wrong, if you've got ideas how to make these stat blocks usable, if uh, you got experience with uh, with Monsters of Phaland or anything by Kaywood Publishing, we want to hear from you. Uh, anything and everything. Shoot us, shoot us an email at encounter, info at encounterthis.ca. You can hit us up on Twitter at encounterpod, Facebook at EncounterPod, Instagram.com slash Encounter.Pod, where we will certainly be using that 5E art and that 3E art because it's confusing as fuck. The 2E art I'm a little on the fence about because it is it is creepy. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but if you like this and you want to help us keep doing this, um, it is solely the because of our Patreons that we can keep this show going they uh they keep the lights on and uh they're they're wonderful we love you guys for five dollars a month it'll get you a handwritten letter and access to our show notes you can follow along with all the words i mispronounce for ten dollars a month you can suggest a creature maybe you want to see uh maybe you want to see us cover two toot from the dresden files we we can do that there's a dresden files rpg i would i'm, I'm fucking down for it uh, that'll, that'll be that'll cost you ten dollars a month but uh well we'll we'll do it yeah i mean Thank you for 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 getting through that, and and thank you, Freeman, for coming on this 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 wonderful PCP ridden journey with me. Let's just treat treat this episode as a precursor 
for the rest of April. It was necessary. Literally it- can only go up from here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But rate and review this on your platform of choice. It really helps us out with placement and helps us get new listeners, believe it or not. Um, mm. A lot of people find it due to searching like the App Store or the Google Play Store and, and rating and reviewing really, really helps us, helps new people find us because there is a there is a Christian podcast called Encounter um, <laughs> that's about people's spiritual encounters and that's fine, but we need to unseat them because as we've already talked about once today, our, our mythology predates their mythology. <laughs> it does. Pixies are before them, so we deserve more credit <laughs> Tell them we want their Twitter handle. All right. Thank you, creatures. And uh, we will we'll get at you in, God, fucking seven days for sprites. I'll try and be more sprightly for it. We did this to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>